The following message is from Grace on the Ashley Baptist Church, located in Charleston, South Carolina. For more information about Grace on the Ashley, visit graceontheashley.org. Well, it's great to be here this morning, that is for sure. And as a, a friend of mine and a preacher that I, I respect immensely would always say, I'm excited and delighted that I have been invited to be here with you this morning. And that's a true statement. I am excited to be here. Um, Typically, I am running around and would be down there probably amongst you all. Um, I'm not going to try that because I don't want you to have to stop and pick me up if I fall. But God has blessed me with healing, that's for sure. Last time we were here a couple weeks ago, I was on two crutches, and now we're... Uh, my wife has banned the crutches from me, and I'm on a cane, and, um, and I'm enjoying it. My freedom is coming back, so uh, it won't be long, and I will be getting in trouble again, honey, I promise. So, uh, I really haven't given her a break from getting in trouble, to be quite honest. So, Well, this morning, it is good to be here, that is for sure. And it is, uh, John and I didn't, didn't plan this. Uh, but God knew exactly what he was up to, uh, because my message today is from Proverbs 31. And so uh, it's never, uh, never can get enough of God's Word. And so that's exciting. As, as he stepped up here and said that this morning, I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you for putting us on the same page, for your Spirit can only can do that. And that's amazing. So we're going to look at this passage again, probably a little deeper this time. Hopefully we'll, we'll pick a few things out of it. But this morning, um, what God has put on my heart and to share with you all is, I know this is not going to come as a surprise. And I hope it doesn't, nothing that we do this morning. Uh, I've got to share a story. This is an aside. But a couple weeks ago when we were here, and we got to recognize Pastor Greg and, um, for his service with the Coast Guard and um, be here and worship with you guys. His message has really just stuck in my mind of um, if someone approaches you and says, let me show you something new and amazing that you've never seen before, run. And then a couple days after that, he texted me and said, Brad, can you preach for me on Mother's Day? And I said, is this a setup? (laughs) So, So I hope it's nothing new and amazing, but it is from God's Word, and that's what's amazing about it. The part that you won't be surprised by is that the world is in crisis. And on many different levels, and I'm not going to go down that road today, but what I will say is that something that God laid on my heart is that people are struggling with identity. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they're supposed to be or how they're supposed to act or or what they're supposed to become. Some people struggle immensely with this. And they try to find ways to to fill that or or to fit in. They join clubs and they go to nightclubs and bars and they join gyms and they join these groups trying to find some place that they fit in. Some have went as far as to even in struggling with this identity to question their gender. The way God created them. But we have a group that we get to celebrate today. That doesn't have that struggle. Our moms know exactly who they are. They don't have to question whether they're a mom or not. 
And I, I love the way we started the service this morning because you don't have to give birth to a child to be a mom, in my mind. My grandparents raised me, and they did. my grandmother certainly did not give birth to me. But she raised me, and she, she molded me, and she instructed me, and she gave me my moral values and courage that I have grown with. I've had many women in my life that, that have molded my life, and Sunday school teachers and, and, and uh, teachers all through grade school and middle school and high school that have influenced my life. And those ladies are important to me. And of course, and John, thank you for pointing that out, but, but our brides are, 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 um, are those people that, that hold us accountable, our partners, our helpmates. And my wife threatened me if I used her as illustrations today that I'd be in trouble, so... I'm going to do my best, honey. No promises. But it's not because I want to pick on her. It's because I love her and I'm grateful for who God has put in my life for these 30 plus years to keep me in, in line. So, Women are amazing. Amazing creations that God have, has blessed us with. They're superheroes in my mind. The way that they can multitask. Mastering the arts of caring for children and keeping the home and working full-time jobs and being professionals and, and, and plowing away in society of, of, of not being still and quiet to, to the days of past where, where they were expected to be something that they're not. God has created them equal to us as, and has created them as, as amazing beings, much more so than I could ever live up to, I promise. I could not keep up with the things that my wife has proven to me that she can do. They're financial experts. I'm grateful. From the very beginning of Scripture, Genesis 4, we see the story of Adam and Eve and Adam becoming pregnant with her first son, Cain. There was no doubt from the moment that she recognized that she was pregnant that she knew she was a mom. And she knew those responsibilities. It's amazing how God gives us just that, that embedded uh, parental um, care and love. And I know there's some, we could, we could go down the, an unhappy trail and talk about stories um, of some that don't get it. Of some that don't understand. These baby, baby bottles in front of me are a great reminder of that. But for the most part, and for those that are willing to accept that and to listen and especially those that follow after the Lord, that's not a concern. So we're not going that direction today. We're staying, uh, hopefully, on a pretty upbeat note. So this morning, before we get into God's Word, I, I just want to pause for a second and recognize our moms this morning. And so if you are able or willing, and you're a mom here today, I want to ask you to stand. And then I'm going to group the rest of you in. If you're a Sunday school teacher, a teacher, a godparent, if you care for a neighbor's child, if you've ever babysit a child, I want you to stand. Because you're influencing young lives and you're making a difference in the world. I just want to applaud you all. Thank you for who you are. Thank you. So, a passage that you might have heard somewhere before, 
maybe 10 minutes ago. Proverbs 31. And I know you ladies just sit down, but you're getting your exercise this morning. Um, I'm going to ask you as we read God's Word together, I'm going to invite you to stand uh, just as we show reverence and honor to God's Word. And then we'll read this passage uh, again together. And you can follow along and listen as I share God's Word. I think it's important. We stand for lots of things. We stand to worship. We stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. We stand for uh, uh, as uh, important dignitaries in our room. And I think it's important that we stand and honor the reading of God's Word and, and just the immense power that is in this book. And I don't want us to ever be fooled or forget that this is not a book about God, but this is a book from God. It is His Word. You follow along starting in verse 10 as I read. An excellent wife who can find, for her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good, not evil, all the days of her life. And she looks for wool and flaxen, and works with her hands in delight. She is like merchant ships, she brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is still night, and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it, and from her earnings she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She senses that her gain is good, and her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hands grasp the spindle. She extends her hands to the poor, and she stretches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all of her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes coverings for herself. Her clothing is of fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates, and when he sits among the elders of the land, she makes linen garments and sells them, and supplies belts to the tradesmen. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom and teaches of kindness, and kindness is on her tongue. And she looks well into the ways of her household, and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and bless her, and her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the products of her hand, and let her works praise her in the gates. Let us pray. God Almighty, we thank you so much for this opportunity to come and worship you today. Lord, to take time apart and and study your word and and let it just filter through our lives and our hearts and our minds and our souls. God, we thank you for our mom and our ladies in our lives that have influenced us, who are continuing to to build and, and to teach and to nourish the coming generations. God, we ask your blessing on them. Father, today we come with expectancy. As we open your word, as we seek you with all of our hearts, God, that we would leave here differently than we walked in this morning. God, change us in your image. Bless us. Bless this time of worship. In your Son, Jesus' powerful name. Amen. You may be seated. So quite a list here. I'm not going to go back each verse by verse, but there's some that I want us to look at this morning and point out. Um, Just some great biblical 
uh, traits of successful women and moms. Um, this is not a. Uh, uh, this is you know I'm not here to give you uh, dating pointers, but young men, if you are looking for the right lady, there's some good traits in here to be on the lookout for. Um, but this is not my standard. This is God's word standard. So uh, some of you may want to throw some daggers at me uh, as we talk about these things, but. Um, but it's God's word, not mine. And that's a good thing. So we kick it off right in, right in uh, verse 10. An excellent wife, who can find? For her worth is more than jewels. That's worth a lot. And men who, who have that, that special woman in their life, children who have that special mom and your wife, you know that there's, there's no price tag that could be put on that. You know, it's hard not to think about uh, those commercials uh, that were around just a while back about, um, oh, I'm forgetting now how they go. Uh, here I go down the rabbit trail. But, uh, um, you know, they would show a group of friends and it would say, uh, you know, weekend on the beach with friends, $500 and, uh, you know, making your flight on time home to worth $1,000 and then, you know, memories made forever priceless. Well, that's kind of what this passage reminds me of, is that the, these women are priceless. We could not put a price on them. Jewels couldn't even add up to, to their worth. And 11 kind of rolls, leads into that also. It says that, that she's worth so much that she adds value to her husband, that he would lack no gain. Literally in the Hebrew... Now listen, guys, this is for us. Literally in the Hebrew, this is how this verse 11 is spelled out. He will not lack spoil. To me, that says that we're spoiled. And I know that that's true in my life. And we need to remember that. We need to remember how great uh, that God has blessed us uh, with the women in our lives. And I know I'm probably going to keep saying moms and wives, but really, um, as I started out, I hope you remember that that I... value my uh, all of these ladies that have been in my life my Sunday school teachers my my grade school teachers and high school teachers and um, so kind of keep that as as the filler words but I won't say all of those every time now I want us to look at verse 13 she looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight she enjoys her work but there's something key to this, and I know I'm going to keep throwing, uh, throwing us guys under the bus, but I think it's important that we remember this, um, is that she enjoys her work when it's appreciated. And if you haven't ever opened the book uh, of Five Love Languages, I encourage you to do that, uh, because I have taught marriage classes and uh, marriage tune-ups, we've called them, little half-day classes, and been part of marriage retreats. And over and over and over, uh, we've used this Five Love Languages book. And I'm always impressed to see how many ladies, um, acts of kindness or acts of, uh, of servitude, speaks to them. And it might not be their number one love language, but it's high on their list. They want to be appreciated. They want to, they want to be recognized for the hard work that they put out. And I'll tell you, I'm not the first one to say that I learned that at an early age in our marriage or in my life. 
So if I can, uh, if I can keep you from, from stumbling any further because I've made those mistakes, that's why I tell you that this morning. But she enjoys her work. And then we're going we're gonna to take a jump all the way down to verse 20. She extends her hand to the poor and she stretches out her hands to the needy. Compassionate and giving. My goodness, what kind of great qualities those are. I remember growing up as a child that uh, there was always people around our house. And it seemed like there was always an endless amount of food. Grandma, since you know, I said my grandmother raised me, Grandma wants to feed everybody that comes through the door. doesn't matter if you just got back from, from a meal. When you walk in, her first question was, Are you hungry? Can I get you something to eat? But there was always, always plenty. Whether we were needy or not, as the passage said, there was always plenty. And I've been blessed that my wife has continued that tradition in our home. When we were uh, newly married, and young, uh, a young married couple stationed at Quantico, Virginia, and um, we had, you know, all of my buddies that missing home and missing home cooked meals. And it was the same in our house as it was as I grew up. Uh, there was always food, and there was always people there to eat it, it seemed like. So, she, you know, my wife, I think, for um, our kids were, were grown and gone for several years before she got used to cooking for the two of us. And sometimes we still eat leftovers for days, and that's okay. But there's always been, I have been surrounded by people who, who model compassion and giving. What a great trait. Then verse 26. She opens her mouth in wisdom. And the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Now as I said, teachers in my life have made a great example. Have given me great direction. Some a little more harsh than others. You know, I, I'm not that old, but I did grow up at least in the generation that capital punishment was not, uh, was not viewed as bad. So I know what a paddle looks like, one with holes drilled in it I have seen a few times in my life. And, uh, and I was deserving of it, so don't feel sorry for me, I promise. But, but, but a teacher at heart, and that's exactly who, who moms are. From the very beginning, they help guide and mold they help learn to walk and talk. and uh, My goodness, the list goes on and on and on and on. And I, I couldn't even begin to capture all of those things this morning. But not only has teachers been an influence in my life, and I know is an influence in our children's lives, but it begins at home. And sometimes we see that that, that is uh, uh, with, with dual dual working parents and those things that sometimes uh, that just doesn't feel like there's time for that and that, oh, we're, the school system it, it does a good job. Um, and I know that we've heard those complaints and we've heard media talk about the school systems, uh, but I don't buy it. Uh, maybe there's, maybe there's a, a percentage or a portion of that that has changed as, as society has become the norm of a dual working home. Um, but children would not, uh, would not make it through this world without mom's teaching. And it does. Uh, no matter how, uh, how busy life gets, 
Um, moms seem to create time just to be able to do those things, to nurture and mold and teach. And then verse 27, and I know this one will not come as a shocker. Uh, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat bread of idleness. She's not lazy. She's not lazy. And I don't know how much, uh, how much more explanation there is that needs to go into that. The things that we have talked about that, that mom and ladies can do and the way that they create time and the way they multitask and the way that they keep the home in order. And men, if you're anything like me, um, which we're all pretty well the same, so... Uh, I'm throwing us all under the bus. It's almost husbands that were like another child in the home sometimes, or most of the time, to care for. And I know that uh, I know I have been that as a, been a recovering from this surgery. I have been a burden, and my wife has has you know joyfully um, whether she, whether that's true or not, but she has appeared like that as joyfully she has cared for me. Um, but I I owe her more than I can ever repay. Now, verses 28 and 29, I want to look at together. Her children rise up and bless her and her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. John set the example standing here before us this morning. And so, we need to continue in that spirit. You know, earlier I told you uh, that appreciation goes a long way. For all of the hard work and dedication and things that moms and wives and and the women in our lives do. And this is the attitude, men, that we should have. Children rising up and blessing their mother, husbands, with that attitude of that you excel them all. Just as Christ loves the church, think about wedding vows. Those weren't made up. Those were not some great poet that made those. Those are from God's Word. Just as Christ loved the church, men, we are to love our wives. That's why we're separated from our mother and father and that we are to be joined with our spouse and the two become one. We need to have that on the tip of our tongue, that attitude of praise. Now, that list is starting to get long. And this is where I'm, I'm hoping that, that, that I'm not making you know, some of you uh, squirm in your seats thinking, that's a lot of things to live up to. You really put women on a pedestal here today. Well, this list didn't come by accident either. Not only is this God's Word that gives us instruction, but all the way back at the beginning of verse uh, Proverbs 31, it says... The words of King Lemuel, the oracle which his mother taught him. And then it goes into this, uh, oh my son, uh, over and over. It's repeated that verse. A mom gave these instructions. A mom made this list of things to look for. A mom made this list for moms and wives and women to to use as a model, to use as instructions. I thought, what a great, great passage. Those first nine verses are kind of the, son, be cautious, stay away from these things. As you instruct other kings and leaders, these are the 
these are the rules to follow and the, the guidelines to lay down and the things to avoid. But here's the value when you find that special woman in your life. Here's the value of what your mother has given you, raising you. Here's the value of the ladies around you and what they can teach you. Keep your ears open and don't ignore that knowledge and that wisdom. So quite a list. But I think verse 30 really pulls it together. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Now, if I would have been writing this, I know God is infinitely smart. Which is why I didn't have any peace in writing the Bible or the canonical putting it together long before I was born. I would have probably been swayed to put this one as number one. But I think that there's value in in seeing this uh, towards the end of this chapter is all of these things that have been laid out as as a, a mark to shoot for, as a, um, as guidelines, as instruction, um, not only for women but for men. This is the things that that you should be on the lookout for. These are the things that that you should be supportive of, and um, like we talked about earlier, being appreciative of and having praise on the end of our tongue. Because guess what? That's going to strengthen and build up our wives and our, and our moms and, and the ladies in our life that are meaningful to us. Is with that appreciation and that praise. But, above all of those things, fearing the Lord. If that's the focus, if that's where this all begins, in finding a godly woman, these other things will become easier. Those blessings will will flow. And as a matter of fact, Psalms 112 is similar in language to this passage. And from this verse 30 in, in Psalms 112.1, it says, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Blessed. Blessings are pretty cool. Let me see our show of hands. Has God ever blessed anybody in this room? Amen. Amen. God, God's blessings, <laughs> they're priceless. They're priceless, I promise. And in that same thought process, in that same light, in that same verbiage, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised, or she shall receive blessings. And those blessings will give her that strength to be that multitasker and to fulfill uh, all of those things that moms have to juggle and do uh, to raise their children. And dads, we need to be there. It's important that we are there and that we're a team and that we help and that we follow these same rules. So guys, you don't get off scot-free today, I promise. These are, these are rules to live by. These are guidelines for success in your marriage, in your families, at school, to your teachers, and to strive to become. doesn't matter, man or woman. But all of these things this morning, I want to point something out. We started off talking about identity. All of these things that we've talked about are just that. They're qualities. They're, um, they're descriptions of, of good deeds and types of personalities 
and, and things to strive to become. But that's not who you are. And verse 30 starts, I think, to, to draw us into that. That honoring and respecting and fearing and, and worshiping the Lord brings us blessings. But it also builds relationship with God. And that's where we find our identity. See, all of these character traits are all good things. They're all things that we can strive for, work towards, that we can set as the standard that we can... Young men, if you're seeking a a young lady, there are things that you should be concerned about or there are things that you should talk about. And, uh, you know, moms and and dads, as we raise our children, standards that we hold them to and and ways that we should help our children understand to, to appreciate mom's hard work and... And to appreciate Mother's Day every day of the year. I like that. That's exactly right. But they're not our identity. Our identity is knowing that we are a child of the Almighty God. That's where our identity is. Knowing that our names have been written in the book of life. That we understand what salvation through the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is. That's what matters. That's where we find our identity. These other things are good standards. These other things are, are great techniques to follow that are great guidelines. But that's not our identity. And people struggle with that. Where do I find my identity? If I join this club, if I join this team, if I wear this types of clothes, if I buy this kind of car, if I'm going to fit in, I'm going to figure out where I belong, I'm going to know my identity. No, you're not. You're pouring water through a sieve. You're never going to fill that vessel. But the Holy Spirit can. Christ can. Well, on this great day, of thinking about moms and great women. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk just a little bit about Mary. As I considered and studied this week, and I looked at this passage and I thought about Jesus' mother, Mary, I had to go back and dig through Scripture because I started thinking, what's Mary's story? We know pieces. We know of a miraculous uh, visit from an angel and the declaration of, of the birth of a Savior and of a, of a pregnancy. We know of, uh, you know, the birth story in a manger. We know about the wise men and we know about these people that visited Mary early on in her lives. And then we just see glimpses and, and pieces and, and for all of the study and money and time in seminary, I had to think, how much do I really know about Mary? And Scripture doesn't give us a lot, just to be honest. But what it does is it shows her to be a faithful and obedient servant to God. A woman of great faith and most certainly a mother. She had five sons and an unknown amount of children. Matthew 13, uh, at the end of that chapter, describes that kind of genealogy or, or, or that 
that description of, of Mary and Joseph's family. And Scripture doesn't tell us how many daughters even that she had. But we know that Jesus had four brothers. They name them there. And then it's, and it says, and daughters. So Mary was more than just the mom of mother of Jesus. And not to discount that or display or, or downplay that. But she had other children to raise. She had other children to raise. She had other pregnancies to endure. While all of these things were going on in Christ's life, while they were moving from town to town, while they were being pursued, while, you know, in, in Luke's account, even when, when they were losing Jesus because He stayed in the temple when they, when they visited town and, and they searched for Him. And, and you remember the passage, and, and He tells his, his mother and father, um, why would you wonder where I am? I'm about my father's work. Didn't make, make being mom and dad any easier, though. Have you ever turned around and, and, and noticed that one of your kids have, have escaped out of eyesight or went around the corner in a grocery store or under a clothes rack somewhere and, and you turn around and you, your heart stops? Um, so I have a little bit of that, that, uh, um, that skipping a heartbeat factor that probably that Mary and Joseph felt that day when they looked around and couldn't find Jesus. But she had all these other children too to take care of. So we don't get description after description of Mary's life, but we get enough pieces that we can say look at this godly woman. And she didn't in that same manner if you think about it, she didn't have all of the she didn't have all the pieces either. She knew that she had a special child when, when she was pregnant with Jesus. Even when she went to visit Elizabeth, the Scriptures tell us that, that uh, John the Baptist jumped in his mother's belly when, when they heard the announcement of the coming Messiah. But she didn't know his path. She didn't know that one day that her son would be nailed to a cross to pay for our sins. But she was obedient. And she trusted God and she was faithful And she took care of the rest of her family the same as she took care of Jesus. So this morning, I ask you, do you know your identity? We've established that mom's when they, when they get to that, that part in their life, whether they're adopting, whether they're helping raise a grandchild, whether they're babysitting the neighbor's kid, that, that they have no doubt in their mind and hearts that they're going to help mold and mentor and love and care and nourish and uh, show compassion and all of these things that we've talked to this morning uh, for this child or for a child or for children, uh, whether that's in the Sunday school room in the classroom, at school, in the home. And that identity is pretty easy to figure out. But my challenge is, is if you don't know that your true identity comes through Christ, that we take care of that here this morning. My hope and prayer is that you would not leave this place without knowing for sure that your salvation, that your identity, 
that who you are, just like Mary's faithfulness was, is that you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. We're going we're gonna to close here. And I'm going to get you out of here pretty close to noon this morning because I want to beat the Methodist to the chicken at the buffet. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. We're going we're gonna to come to a close, though, this morning in all seriousness. And as I prayed, as we started, and I mean this with all my heart, that you don't leave here the same way you walked in. And if that first step is securing and knowing that Christ is your Lord and Savior, if you haven't said, Lord, I'm a sinner, and I repent, and I can't do it on my own, and I need you, you'll have that opportunity this morning. There'll be elders in the back. As soon as we start singing, I'll, I'll meet you back there. If you have prayer requests, if you will. If you have a special lady in your in your life that you want to pray for, guys, come back. Let's pray. Let's pray for. Them. If you have a, a certain prayer need, come back. There'll be people back there that are that, that are prayer warriors, warriors that love to pray with you. I want to thank you um, for letting me be here with you this morning, and I pray that you have a blessed week. Let's bow our heads. Gracious God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that. You meet us where we are, God. That it doesn't matter where we come from, what our past is, what we've done, but we can find our identity in You, Lord Jesus. You don't say, wait until you're good enough. You just say, come to Me. You gather us in, and You love on us, and You bless us, and You forgive us when we're ready to ask You for that. You don't hold nothing back, none of Your blessings. And God, as great as as our moms are and our women are in our life, and we give you thanks for them today, but God, your mercy is amazing. Lord, help us to accept that today. Lord, help us to embrace that today. Help us leave here recharged and rejuvenated, our tanks overflowing so that we can go pour your love out on a world that needs to hear about you. God, I love you and praise you. And I lift this up in Jesus' name.